Memory and forgiveness have a funny relationship. When it comes to it, sometimes people say, well, forgive and forget. But I have a memory, and my memory remembers things. And so how can I just forget every wrong thing that has ever happened to me? Then on the flip side, if I remember, and I remember just about everything, is forgiveness possible if I have a memory that clings to every memory of things that have happened? Can I even forgive if that's where my memory is at? Today in the gospel, we have maybe what is only second to last week's prodigal son as the great expression of the mercy of God in Jesus and the woman caught in adultery. And what is being expressed here is what we heard brought up in both our first and second reading. In our first reading, Isaiah is talking about the Israelites and their relationship with God. And he says, do not remember the former things or consider the things of old. And he's saying that because what you hear in the story of the Israelites is again and again, every time something is kind of going wrong, they immediately start to complain and talk about how great things were back in Egypt. They were when they were in a foreign land. How great things were when they weren't here. And Isaiah is telling them, do not remember them. Move on. And then St. Paul today says, forgetting what lies behind, I press, toward, press on toward the goal for the prize of the heavenly call of God in Christ Jesus. This idea that in order for me to be able to receive the graces that come from God, the gifts that come from God, I have to in some way move on from what is past. Memory and forgiveness in the expression of mercy. How do those two fit? Because for many of us, what we do is we cling to sins of the past. Our memories get fixed on them. They get cemented in our mind, and it's really hard to let them go. And maybe we kind of let them go for a while, but something will happen and they're cropped right back up. And these memories of sins past stick. The problem with that is that when we do that, what we're doing is inevitably we're not letting God's mercy come to us in that particular memory. Right? It is possible to go to confession, receive absolution, have made a good confession, and yet still have not received and experienced the mercy of God. Because if I hold on to my sin, as much as God wants to forgive me for my sin, he's not going to rip it from my hands. I have to, in some way, move on from the sin that I have been forgiven of. If I don't do that, that I'm always rooted in that memory of what I have done or what I've failed to do, and I can never move to this new thing that God is trying to do in me, which is the experience of his mercy. We have to move from one to the other. But we cling to our sins, whether that is because of a heightened sense of guilt for what we've done or what we've left undone, whether that's resentments 
towards things that have happened to us in the past, whether it's out of a sense of control that if I hold on to the memory of this thing, I will make sure that I never do it again in the future. Or sometimes it's ideas of false consolations where we know it was wrong, but it was kind of good too. And what I have right now isn't as good as what that was, kind of like the Israelites when God is trying to lead them to good things, but they think, eh, maybe it would have been better back where we were before. We cling to them, and we cannot. In that way, we have to move past them. We have to move beyond them. Because what happens is that our present, what we are living right now, becomes defined by what has happened in the past. That what we think, what we say, or what we do, in greater or lesser degrees, becomes shaped by this sin of the past that we've left untouched by God's mercy. Sometimes it's conscious and sometimes it's not. Right? It, it's the problem with, if you've never heard it before, cancel culture, which is something that exists now. Basically what happens is whenever a public figure, something comes up from their past that they've done that is not good, cancel culture wants to rip away everything that they are and basically destroy the person because of the wrong that they did in the past. And so they destroy whole careers and whole lives by this cancel culture because if they did or said this bad thing in the past, that must be who they are right now. There's no mercy. The past defines the present, and that's not the mercy of God. We have to, in a certain way, move past the memory of the sin that has been committed. But, all that said, why would God permit us to remember sins that we've confessed, that we've had absolved, that we've brought to His mercy? Why, for some of us, sometimes years later, decades later, this experience that we had in our youth comes to mind and go, but I'm pretty sure I confess that. Why is this coming back and plaguing my mind again? Why would God permit that? Right? Because we can't just forget. We're human beings with a memory, and memory is a good thing. So what do we do when the memory of the sin is a part of who we are? It's the idea of purification of memory to not allow the sins of the past to define the present, what we do is we allow that to be an experience of redemption. That when we truly allow God's mercy to touch a sin of our past, when the memory returns, it doesn't become another occasion of guilt and of shame, but rather a memory of where God has been in my life and has made me new. That's the goal, right? That's Christian redemption, that every sin that we commit is an opportunity for God's mercy and an opportunity to move us closer and closer to our redemption. So that the past doesn't define our present, but rather makes it better, makes us holier by God's grace. My favorite 
quote from St. John Paul II is, you are not the sum of your weaknesses and failures, but of the Father's love for you and of your capacity to be like Christ. You are not the sum of your weaknesses and failures. You are not defined by every sin that you have committed. You might define yourself by your weakest link in your life, but God does not. God defines you by his love for you and of the capacity that he has created in you to be like Christ. But if we hold on to our sin, if we cling to the memory of everything that we have done and failed to do, that capacity can never be fulfilled. That love of God can never be fully received. There's a movie from the 80s called The Mission. Robert De Niro, Liam Neeson, Jeremy Irons were all in it. It was a story of Jesuit missionaries in the Amazon ministering to some tribal nations. And Robert De Niro's character at the beginning of the movie is a mercenary. And so he's going to basically get rich off this new land. And so he takes advantage of the native peoples. He kills some of the native peoples. And then at a certain point in the movie, undergoes a massive conversion and becomes a Jesuit. And so his penance in his conversion for what he, all the evils that he has perpetrated is that he's required to drag around everywhere he goes all of his armor from his mercenary days. The physical weight of dragging his sins of the past as a reminder and a penance for what evils he's done. Then, when his confessor frees him from his penance, he doesn't let go of the burden. He keeps dragging around his armor because he still feels the guilt and the shame for everything that he's done. And so they go back into the jungle to get to this tribe that they're missionaries to, and he's still dragging this armor up cliffs, down rivers. He's dragging it everywhere, and it's bringing him near death at certain points. And then they're climbing the final hill to get to where this tribe is and everybody else has already moved ahead of him because he's carrying the heavy armor. And then the chief of this tribe sees him coming and recognizes him as the one who has done evil to them. And he pulls out a knife from his hip. And Robert De Niro is looking at him, afraid for his life because he knows what he deserves. And the chief comes up to him and cuts the rope and kicks the armor over the cliff into the water and Robert De Niro starts to weep. Now he's received the gift of mercy. Now he no longer clings to being defined by all of his sins of the past and he can be brought to true forgiveness in that moment. And if you want, after the final hymn today, I'm just going to throw that clip up because it's a pretty moving scene and you can see it in action. Memory and forgiveness have a funny relationship because we can't just forgive and forget. But even though we can't forget, forgiveness is possible. Because what Jesus does 
in the gospel today when he says, has no one condemned you? Neither do I condemn you. Go and sin no more. He's telling this woman, you are not an adulterous woman. You are a daughter of God. What you have done doesn't define who you are for the rest of your days. So now get up and go and live that potential of being loved by God and your capacity to be like me. Move forward in that. Grow from that. Don't let your sin define who you are, but rather let this be a moment of redemption for you so that every time this moment comes to mind, it's a moment of joy that you have been saved, that you are loved, and that you are redeemed. Because as I said last Sunday, the joy of the Christian is God's mercy. And learning how to let go of our control of our sin so as to experience God's mercy is what redeems us and saves us.